Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about being a child of God. The scripture tells us that God knows who are His. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands this, having this seal, that the Lord knows who are His, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. 2 Timothy 2.19 You say, how do I know I'm His? You depart from iniquity. That's what we're to do. That's the most important thing. Okay? Simple. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. With over 80% of Americans claiming to be Christians, why is our nation waist-deep in moral depravity? Pastor Xavier says the answer is simple. It's because the church no longer believes in or follows the teachings in the Word of God. Today on Simple Truths, he takes us back to his study series of the seven churches of the book of Revelation as he brings us this warning of the danger from within. Let's listen. Revelation chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. The message is titled, The Dead Church, Sardis, is a church that was um, not threatened by heresy, paganism, or immorality as its main problem, but a danger of self-deception. By not depicting and depending on the Holy Spirit, coming to a spiritual state of deadness. This is the heart of this church. Because their works were superficial evidence of being alive. Their piety gave sense of godliness. Their works were the right ones. Their church was considered Christian, but it was dying from within. This is where your life and mine begins to die if we don't continue with the Lord. From within. The Holy Spirit was not given its rightful place. That is why Jesus uses the reference to the seven spirits of God. The Holy Spirit was not the one doing the work, but them. There are a lot of good works going on in the church today, but it's not by the Holy Spirit. This was a condemnation to Sardis. Notice verse 2 and 3. The church is encouraged to be watchful notice and strengthen the things that remain. But again, the church is in terms of individual because the church is dead. Five imperatives are pronounced. The word watchful means to be wakeful or sleepless, literally to chase sleep and be constantly alert. It was not awake or vigilant regarding the teaching of Scripture. Its mission and identity with Christ was going by wayside. Over and over again, the Scriptures we are exhorted as well as commanded to be watching Listen to 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious, watchful in your prayers. Notice next comes the word strengthen. It means to um, make stable, place firm. It's used to be established in the present truth in 2 Peter 1, 2. The reason for the exhortation to Sardis to be awake and fixed firmly on these things that remain was that they were ready to die and he had not found their works perfect before God. Verse 2 is clear. This is a charge. You don't charge non-believers with this. Non-believers are dead. You charge your children with this. Unfaithfulness. These things that were ready to die are in the era's infinitive. To definitely lose the last spark, yet Jesus could revive them. Matthew 12, 20, Jesus, smoking flags, he will not step on, but he'll, he'll give life. 
What's the key? Repentance. That I acknowledge my error. Where I'm at. Lord, forgive me. Get me on track. Get on track again. Simple. Their works were not perfect. Notice. Their works were empty of love, faith, and spiritual life. Even as Jesus said in Matthew 7, 22 and 23. Isaiah 29, 13 says, They draw near to me with their mouth but their, and with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God's always answered with the heart. Don't rent your garments, rent your heart. Let me give you some facts of the Reformation. October 31st, 1517, Luther lashed out with his 95 theses against Rome. He posted on the University Church door of Wittenberg, as you know. Uh, this event then prompted Luther's 295 Theses, that, um, a man called Tessel that I mentioned before, who wanted to, went around selling indulgences and to build their cathedrals. And, and he spoke about the minute that coin hits the bottom of the coffer and you've uh, given that money as a Catholic, your loved one is released from purgatory. I'll quote some of his words as we move along. Tessel's sermons explain, among other things, that he came with the authority of the Apostle Peter and Paul and of almost the most holy pope, with power to restore to the church and sacraments all who had sinned. Now I'm quoting his words, and this is Catholic dogma. Listen, I would not exchange my privilege, said he, with St. Peter in heaven, for I have saved more souls with my indulgences than he with his sermons. The very moment that the money clinks against the bottom of the chest, the soul escapes from purgatory and flies into heaven. You want to defend the Catholic Church? From 1512 to 1517, Luther had been engaged briefly in teaching and preaching. But the aspect of his life's works were um, destined to change radically. Luther's 95 Theses was the outcome of Luther's zeal for the pure gospel and teaching. As he came to realize that they were saved by grace through faith through Galatians. Now, they had not... Long to wait, for in August 1518, Luther was uh, cited to appear at Rome within 60 days. And for three successive days, October 12th to the 14th in 1518, the reformer appealed at Augsburg before the Italian cardinal named Cahetan. This ecclesiastic declared that the Catholic Church is the bond slave of the Pope, end of quote. This is their theology. Luther gave two full reply. Listen carefully. First, the Holy Scripture is an authority superior to the Pope's. Whoa. Second, that faith in Christ alone for salvation is a necessary doctrine. Bottom line. That Luther lived is only God's grace. Because they try to kill him all the time. It's just God's grace and protection. From 1520 to 1522, the battle raged furiously. And on June 15, 1520, Leo, uh, Pope Leo issued the bull, no pun intended. Being thus influenced by Cardinal Cajetan and Dr. Ed, this document was a kind of running comment on the principal works of Luther. It contained 40 criticisms, and in these it condemned the Reformers' 95 teaching. He was reminded that he still had time to recant or return, burn his writings, and return to the Holy Mother Church. This is the appeal and the offer today to the Catholic Church. She is on a roll right now. To offer to you all wayward Protestants to come back to the real mother church. Interesting. Dr. Luther gathered together the professors and students of the universities and in the presence of the immense concourse of spectators and ranks and ages, courageously committed 
to the flames, the papal bull, and then he went on to write three books. The faults of the Reformation were two. Luther sought approval of political leaders and became a state church in Germany. The Lutheran church, whatever happened there is just an enigma. And it because they didn't come out far enough. He didn't change all of the traditions of the teachings of Rome when he came out. Let me give you some. He failed to worship in spirit and truth altogether as Jesus told the woman of Samaria in John 4.24. They mixed dogma still with with, with scripture, infant baptism uh, through sprinkling was still carried on. The rituals were held on to. Some elements of sacraments were carried over. They became the state church, as I said, in Germany. You kill it because you cannot legislate Christianity. You can't force somebody to become a Christian. Just like you can't force your wife to love you or your husband to love you. It has to be a free will thing for it to be valuable and meaningful. Prophecies were ignored altogether. And there's where you really fell. First the foundation of Christ, then the second coming of Christ. So the reproof of Sardis, or the Protestant Reformation, is that they did not follow through the way they should have. Now notice the church is encouraged to remember how she had received and heard. Verse 3. Jesus here declares that she had received and heard the gospel of Christ. Her privilege was um, to have received the scriptures which brought about great responsibility. She was to remember her personal responsibility have having heard the man that accountability, so remembering. Hebrews um, gives us two of the strongest warnings. Hebrews 6, having fallen away, it's impossible to renew them again to repentance. Chapter 10, verse 26 to 29, falling under the hands of the living God. It's a horrible thing. The book of Hebrews is, is written to Christians. Hebrew Christians, and now we're going back to the law and sacrifice. Both of these are emphatic by the word how. They had no excuse for deviating or lack of their complete exit from the religious system of Rome. Notice the scriptures are full of exhortation and commands for the believer to remember and to meditate. Joshua 1.8, meditate upon the word day and night. Be prosperous, have good success. That's talking about spiritual, not financial. Peter puts it, the teachers remember these things. We just talked about it in Ephesians. So when I leave, you're going to have it now in writing. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. And we are to remember in Ephesians that we are dead in trespasses and sins. Never forget that. Ephesians 2, 1. You are to remember our Creator in the days of our youth because He will hold us accountable. Ecclesiastes 12, 1. We're to remember God's mercy in Psalm 106, 7. We are to remember that He never leaves us nor forsakes us in Hebrews 13, 5. We leave Him. He does not leave us. We're to remember that his promises and warnings are for us, the believer. Romans eleven twenty two, Not the non-believer. You evangelize a non-believer. They're dead. They can become alive. These people were alive and they're moving towards death. Real simple. Notice verse 3. The church is encouraged to hold fast and repent. They were to hold fast, which means to guard from laws of injury and present imperative here. A command in verse 8 and 10. Sardis is not holding to the things of Christ, but allowing them to slip away, if you will. They were to contend for the faith that once delivered to the saints. Jude 3 says, we are to hold fast the form of sound doctrine. 2 Timothy 1.13 says, we are to be soldiers in warfare, good warfare. 2 Timothy 2.4, faithful soldiers. And we are to keep ourselves pure. 1 Timothy 5.22, and there are many, many other things. Now, Notice they were to, one word, repent, which means to change your mind. 
Their only hope lay in repentance, a change of mind that brings about a change of heart. The need to depend on the Holy Spirit to illuminate, to convict, to make that work real. Sardis had no outward marks of blasphemy, notice, but rather gradual dying by letting the power of the Word and Holy Spirit slip away. You see it in marriages. You see it in children and parent relationship. You see it in business. You see it in pastors. You see it in churches. You see it all around us. Why? Because the world's made up of sinners. Selfish, self-centered, rebellious. If we judge ourselves, we won't be judged. 1 Corinthians 11, 31. We have an advocate for the defense. Jesus Christ the righteous. 1 John 2, 1. God chastens and scourges those he loves. Hebrews 12, 6. Simple. Notice the Protestant movement has become a mere name in many instances. Majority of Protestant denominations and ministries and ministers do not believe in the virgin birth today. They don't believe in the infallibility of the word of God, but teach neo-orthodoxy, psychology, integrating every other movement like the emergent church movement, school psychology and whatever makes you, tickles your fancy. Many don't believe in the literal second coming, return of Jesus Christ. Notice he says, you have a name, but are dead, and I have not found your works perfect before God. Their trust is in a diploma from a seminary instead of God through the Holy Spirit to recognize their calling, their anointing, their enabling, and the necessary gifts. Pastors are to feed the flock of God. John 21, Jesus told Peter in the threefold restoration, feed my flock, feed my lamb, feed my sheep. The purpose of the church is to perfect the saint, not to evangelize the world. The purpose of the church is to perfect the saint, feed them, Ephesians 4, 12. They did not be tossed to and fro with every one of doctrine, growing in Christ. All pastors are under shepherds. Jesus is the chief shepherd. He will reward us when he comes back if we're faithful, if we do it out of love. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 5. All Christians are to grow in grace and knowledge, including the pastor. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Listen to Psalms 86, 11. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Once I lose the fear of God, anything goes. Look at three. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come as a thief. The metaphor is used for both the rapture and the second coming. They would not know the hour he would come upon them suddenly for judgment, as history reveals about the city. The imagery of a thief is very significant regarding Sardis. Twice the city was besieged by Cyrus, the Persian, and by Antiochus, the Great, as we mentioned. Though the city was built on a hill surrounded by cliffs and the sides were all by the river Molt, real perpendicular, a reward having been announced by Cyrus to whoever gained early entry into the city, a Persian soldier saw a Sardian soldier drop his helmet from the top and it went down the path and he carelessly went down to retrieve it, not looking to see if anybody was looking, giving way of entry to the city. When they went up there, Guess what? The sentry was sleeping. Whoa. Coincidence with Jesus telling this church? I don't think so. The other time was after um, one year Antiochus besieged the city and a soldier named uh, Lagoras with a band of men climbed up the steep slopes, the cliff, and um, there was no guard there. So it went from sleeping to no guard at all. That's progression downward. One of uh, Dr. Butler's 
recoveries. There's a marble throne of Bishop of Sardis looking upon it, it, the message to Sardis recurred in mind. He says, quote, Yonder among the mountains overhanging Sardis, there is a robber gang led by the notorious uh, Jackir Hela. He rules in the mountains. No government force can take him. Again and again, he swoops down like an eagle out of the sky in one quarter of the region to another. From time immemorial, these mountains have been the hunts of robbers. Very likely, it was when Revelation was written, I will come upon you as a thief, end of quote. So you have the words, the affiliation, the association, the history. This is to be passed to all generations so that we can be vigilant and receive these warnings. This was the exhortation to Sardis. At least it's only with the application 5 and 6. Look at 5. The declaration is an invitation with promise of what? Reward. The one to receive the reward is the overcomer. Underline that. In all the churches that we've seen. In the first three, it came after the call to hear Tyra and Sardis. It is before. It is a timeless promise. It is one who abides in Jesus Christ, John 15, 1 through 6. It is our faith that overcomes the world, 1 John 5, 4 through 5. And the person who will reward is I, Jesus. He's the one. The Lord will do three things to the individual. Look at 5. First, the overcomer will be clothed with white garments. White speaks of God's righteousness, that every believer is justified in Jesus Christ by his blood. White, again, represents purity, spotless. A wedding dress based on his righteousness, not ours. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Secondly, the overcomer's name will not be blotted out of the book of life. Mark that well. The book of life is apparently the one where all the names who will be saved, the living and not the dead. The concept of being blotted out of the book of life has troubled some. Predestination and free will. We're not going to get sidetracked. It's real simple what's being said here. The allusion is to the wool industry as Sardis again regarding these citizens whose names were removed from a public list if they approached the gods with garments that were soiled, stained, or if they were convicted of a crime, this is very appropriate here. This is not something that's hypothetical. This was a fact regarding this city. Okay? The scripture tells us that God knows who are his. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands uh, this, having this seal, that the Lord knows whose are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Second Timothy 2.19. You say, how do I know I'm his? You depart from iniquity. Simple. The problem is with our human reasoning and understanding with the statement about the book of life. Because we see some backslidden people, we see some walk away, but God knows who is going to stick it out to the end. So why should it worry you? We're not to question whether they were really born again or not. We're to call them to repent. That's what we're to do. That's the most important thing. The book of life is for all who God created. For he died for the whole world, as you know. Yet only the names of those who come, live, and abide by faith in Christ will be left. Those who do not will be blotted out. If there is no possibility to be blotted out, why mention it and confuse the issue? Jesus will say to some, I never knew you, Matthew seven twenty three. There will be some that never knew Christ. He never knew them. That's not everybody. There are those who walk away. 
Now, notice the third thing is the overcomer's name will be confessed before his father and before his angels. The statement is a parallel to the double negative to give assurance to the overcomer. The word confess is a strong word for confession before the courts. Philippians 2.11. We find it there. If you confess me before man, I will confess you before my father in heaven. Matthew 10.32. If you don't, then I will not confess you. Jesus will confess that individual has trusted in the sole work of Jesus Christ for his standing justified before Jesus Christ and for being a faithful servant throughout their life. Romans 10 speaks about believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Notice the declaration is an invitation for anyone. There must be a willingness to listen and the individual, if uh, you find yourself there as such as a church or an individual, then you need to repent. There's a sense of responsibility and accountability to what is being heard. There is a sense of culpability to everyone who listens but doesn't pay heed. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Favorite words of Jesus. The Spirit is saying the same thing. Be careful how you hear, take heed, and what. How and what you hear. Very, very important. Then notice... Still in six, the declaration is an invitation to obey what the Spirit says to the churches. Here again, a cool faculty of hearing. You're not deaf. And the idea is that of hearing with a sensitive hearing and doubt to you. It is accurately and effectively that you're hearing. And therefore, the obedience is not limited to the message of the church of Sardis, but to the seven messages that are given to all seven, which they would all receive. The word churches is in the plural, as we've noted all the time. And the Spirit is speaking to, in the person of Jesus Christ, for him, the comforter, the one who brings glory to him and him alone. So this was the declaration to start us. There has to be an application. When you are lost in the snow, to survive you must keep awake to stay alive. If you don't, you will die. This was started in so many in the church today. How about you? Are you sleeping? Are you where you used to be when you first came to Christ? Or have you kind of cooled off a little bit? You walk in parallel to heaven rather than on the road to heaven? Remember to depend on the Holy Spirit for your life. Not mere dead mechanical ritual or dead orthodoxy. I'm glad you're here. But let me ask you, is your heart here? That's the most important thing. Remember how you have received and heard If it doesn't match, then repent. Remember, if you do not repent, you will not walk in white. And your name will not be found in the book of life. Your name will be blotted out. Not all Christians believe this. I would rather err on the side of caution. Though I believe the scriptures are very clear that you can walk away. The message of the church of Sardis is to not be deceived by her outward appearance, but rather repent. The message speaks of a local church in John's day, as the others. The message speaks of a period of church history, the Protestant Reformation, 1500 to 1750. And the message speaks of a type of church that can and will exist from Pentecost to the rapture. And for us individually, most important, as individual speaks of a type of individual, a type of Christian in every church age, every church generation to this church age. And so we're to examine ourselves as a church and Christians, where we're at. Are you dead or are you alive? Are you alive? Are you dying? 
Which is it? The one dead, not alive, needs repentance. You need to be born again. The one who's made alive and is dying, you need repentance to continue to trust Jesus Christ. Pastor Xavier Reese closes with a clarion call to get the church back to the simple truths of the Word of God, the Bible. Now you can request a copy of today's essential study, The Dead Church Sardis, available on CD for just $4. And by the way, this CD will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. The title you'll be asking for once again is The Dead Church Sardis, or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Next time, Pastor Xavier Reese provides more simple truths from the book of Revelation about that which really matters. Hope you'll be back. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com